0: Team Cap, or Team Iron Man, Uncharted, Dungeons and Dragons meets Sherlock Holmes, and The Queen. This is staying in.
1: By the way, my mic stand broke.
0: Uh. Do you mean my mic stand?
1: No, it's not your mic stand. I had to buy my own from Amazon. All right, okay.
2: Other online retailers are available.
1: (laughs) And only Amazon.
2: How did it break? Too much podcasting. Podcasted to death.
1: (laughs) Nope. Stood on it.
2: (laughs) Why was it on the floor?
1: (laughs) Where else do you put your mic?
0: Um, Studio technicians around the world (laughs) tremble in fear at at Percival's bad studio etiquette. Where else do you put your
1: mic? In the fridge. (laughs) Well, you know. Do you know, if you've not heard him, I'm a big deal. I've met both Chris Hewitt now and Robert Downey Jr. You've met Chris Hewitt. I have met Chris Hewitt. Yeah.
2: I love the fact that I love the fact that's the name I said first, rather than Robert Downey Jr. But I'd really like Chris Hewitt.
1: When I want to met Chris Hewitt, uh, Chris. What I actually mean is, was so nervous about talking to him. He was stood in front of the coffee um, at a junket I was at, and I was like, "That's Chris Hewitt. I'm listening to him right now." I went over to him and was like, "Gonna say." you're Chris Hewitt. But then I realized how awkward that sounded. So I just said, sorry, can I get to the coffee? And he was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, I've fucked this already.
0: <laughs> Never meet your heroes. Yeah. Just came across as a coffee fiend.
1: He was really nice. I reali- I realized the other day that I've actually met him twice now. But obviously, he's not met me because I've yet to say anything to him except "Excuse me, I want some coffee." Um, I love the fact that I love the fact that,
2: that that is P's default response whenever he's in an awkward situation for hero, no matter where he is, and there's no coffee nearby. It always is. Can I just get to the coffee, please?
1: Well, he's he's a very he's a very nerdy looking chap, and I spotted him. Um, he he was he was wearing a Captain America T-shirt when I saw him at. Civil. Uh, when I watched Civil War, and then I saw him again when that day interviewing people, and he was it's He was in a in a Civil War shirt again, and I was like, it's been four days. How have you not changed? I
2: think they made
0: more than one though. First of all, what does it mean to be in Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Is it is it like? fascism and socialism and conservatism and liberalism
1: have you not have you not have you not read website where have you not read website where i work's arguments on both team cap and team i'd
0: rather bring that discussion here Uh, is it like right twix left twix uh, is it i don't understand what makes you a team cap or a team iron man i've not seen the film so is it
1: basically um the 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 fundamental philosophical divide both teams are do you stand by regulation and maybe someone saying you don't understand the wider political ramifications of what you do versus, well, we're saving lives and that's all that matters? All right. Is there some Venn diagram for that? Um, essentially, yeah. Uh, you come out of civil war. Chris, have you seen it? Yep. Uh, you come out of civil war, I think, personally, in the middle. Um, not that that's what my article I wrote. Was about uh, because I am fundamentally a team Ironman type of guy. I believe in regulation, and I think that the argument for that is stronger than caps. Well, I just want him.
2: Whereas Sam, I, I am team cap, and uh, I had this. I, 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 had a, I just to make it interesting on the podcast. No, I am actually team cap. But um, we had. I, I actually had a discussion with my students about this because we were talking about this, and, and they all are largely team cap, not team Ironman.
1: Well, I the w- website where I work um, did a poll to see who was Team Cap and who was Team Ironman, and Team Cap smashed, um, absolutely came out on top.
0: Um, but the thing is, is just like Team Cap is an idealistic way of way of thinking. I'm sure Percival, that in a, in the real world we'd all be Team Ironman. It's just oh, Chris, like yeah, we'd all like to go and kick ass, but we've got to Chris, follow the rules. Well, it's not just Chris kicking. Seven. It's not just
2: kicking ass. It's basically the fact that like. Yes, um, Team Iron Man keeps you in check and you're regulated but who is who are the people that are regulating you and making you do things that you may not want to do, that, for example? That
1: darned UN. Um,
0: I'd, I'd love to see a red tape Avengers. Oh, well, that's that's like the, the bureaucratic
1: Well, that's the threat, <laughs> isn't it, Chris? In this like, the, film? Like,
2: like the Star Trek films of <laughs>
1: old. Well, that, that's the threat in this film, isn't it? It's like, essentially Iron Man says, listen, we kill an awful lot of people when we act the way we act and uh, Caps like, yeah, but we also save a lot of people. Um, they're like, all right, but I think the UN should decide what missions we go on. Um, Caps like, yeah, well, I don't. Um, <laughs> and that's basically isn't that basically it? It's, just, uh, could, uh, it's not necessarily the UN. It's just no, the no, fact they, that they it, say it's, like, it's the UN. The Sokovia um, yeah, codes but, will be ratified by, yeah, but you, by the UN, and the UN Security Council will decide what missions the Avengers go on.
2: Yeah, I know, but but I mean, obviously, God. I love comic books, but we're talking about you know we're in a world where Hydra can infiltrate any organization. I mean, look how quickly we, they were discovered in Shield in the Winter Soldier, and hilarity ensued in the Marvel universe.
1: Uh, my the thrust of my argument is that the Avengers, right? The Avengers in the film are portrayed to act massively irresponsibly at times, like they take Scarlet Witch half cocked out into the into the field. And she makes a choice early on to save a friend rather than thinks about the wider ramifications of those actions and she's never held to account for that and that doesn't you know that they're, they're not that they're, they're a privately owned organization you know tony stark funds the avengers mm. quit and yes yeah, and, and they can go around the world doing whatever they want you know that's a paramilitary group you can't just have a group of soldiers turn up and say well we've decided that what's happening here is wrong of course we know within the wider context in the beginning of that scene that there is a there's a lot there's something larger at risk but in the real world again we would say what what are you doing checking your shield why, why are you breaking into a into a cdc um you know base it's i, I think i think I think I probably come out from far more of a cynical. I think I'm coming out from a cynical viewpoint, but it's about heroes taking uh, taking responsibility for their actions, which is why I really like that Spider-Man was on Team Cap. I'm sorry, Team Iron Man. No, Chris Evans did say at uh, 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 the junket I was at that anyone in the real world would be Team Iron Man. So all I'm saying is Team uh, Team Cap doesn't even exist. You know, although. That
2: well, none of it exists, P.
1: No, it does. It does- <laughs>
0: Mm, they're changing the uh, the title well, for the Avengers Infinity War, now, aren't they?
1: I hope that the, I'd like the first one to be called something different. I call the second one Infinity War, although yeah. um, because I don't know, I just don't call it Thanos Rising or the Thanos Imperative or something like that. I, I,
2: Thanos Thanos Awakens. Yeah. I think with the
0: um, with the Spider Man thing and the success of Guardians of the Galaxy, they're obviously trying to put a bit more flexibility into the schedule now, which I think is a good idea. yeah, definitely. Because, like, Percival, your massive complaint is that you know exactly what you're going to be seeing everywhere with everything for the next three years.
2: Well, DC don't know how to world build like Marvel. They haven't got the patience for it. Um, They want it to be immediate. They want it to be now. And one of the reasons why Civil War was such a big payoff was the fact that each of those characters... With the exception of even the new ones, felt much more grounded and felt like I'd been for a longer ride of them than um, some of the ones in the DC universe. Um, Marvel knows well, how to I, take I don't their think,
1: time. I, don't, I actually don't blame DC for that. I don't know if any of you read a thing the other day in the. It was on Screenrant, uh, and it was how Marvel has redefined success for comic book films because when the first Avenger came, when Captain America came out, three hundred and fifty million, which is what that film earned. Was considered good based off what it cost to make. So the same was true for Thor, The Incredible Hulk. So they were all considered successes. Now, if a superhero film isn't bringing in close to a billion dollars, essentially you've wasted your time. The, the problem is DC can't afford to wait because, you know, the, the money they spent on um, Batman v Superman.
2: Oh, no, they can't.
1: Oh, no, exactly. You know, Marvel have redefined success. You need to bring in a billion dollars with your superhero film or. What's the point? Look at what the Amazing Spider-Man Two made—nearly half a bi- over half a billion dollars flop. On what planet is half a billion dollars a flop? It's just in terms of being a superhero movie. They need that billion these days. I
0: kind of, I kind of didn't want to talk about comics on this. Point. No, I know. This well, we have not—we've been right. talking about mo-
1: no, we've been talking about movies and how mo- and how superhero movies have redefined success.
0: And to be honest, every movie made today is now a superhero movie, so it's kind absolutely of... Absolutely tell me about
1: it. Uh, I, 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 by the way, has everyone seen the new Power Rangers series today? Very cool.
0: No? Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Right, you you can talk yeah. amongst yourselves and I'll... Let,
1: let's vamp.
2: <laughs>
1: so, Chris, how was your day? Tell me about your cappuccinos.
2: <laughs> I've got about ten dissertations. I'm going to have to mark each one about 10,000 words as well as a massive pile of journals and essays and things. so And MA work as well. I'm, I'm assessing master's work next month as well. So we're in the thick of assessments. But I finish teaching uh, a week tomorrow. My world. The new suits look cool.
1: Yeah, they do.
0: I like them. They're a little bit... I like the fact they've still got the... Um, the to describe them, it's kind of like someone's dipped an action man into wax... And then put a light on their chest. Yeah. But,
1: yeah.
2: They're they're a bit like the suits from the original '95. What was the what year did the film come out? We watched it once, didn't we? We watched it, was, it, your it We watched it in,
0: right? on its 20th anniversary, so it was 2000. And, we watched it last year. It was 1995. It came out. Should,
1: right. I'm going to double check, Sam. Because
2: it's it. Do you know it's just come on Netflix? Yeah, as that's well. what we watched. Yeah,
0: that's one. what we watched. Um, um yeah, because I like the fact that they've got the um. Because on the helmet designs, it used to have you know hints at what their familiar, you know, their animal was. Um, so I like the fact they've kept that. The breasts look a little bit weird.
1: Funny enough, 1995 but... symbols and smashed up.
2: What? Yep,
1: the breasts thing got a. I don't like the high heels of the uh, costume. I. Oh, are yeah, they're wearing high. I can't see the
0: high heels. heels. Hang on, I'll click. Oh god.
2: 21st century people, I, I, 21st century.
1: Exactly. Unbelievable. Well, how are they going to know they're women if they're not wearing heels? Make them wear heels! <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm confused. Are yeah. they women or not?
1: Yeah. It's the world we live in. Do we even know who's playing the Power Rangers? We've got the suits, but... Oh yeah, we do.
2: They're kind of unknowns. The only big name is um, Elizabeth Banks, yeah, as that's... with
1: not wrong. Yeah, Naomi Scott as the Pink Ranger, RJ Seller as the Blue Ranger, Ludie Lynn as Oh, they don't actually say the Black Ranger, but he he they are the Black Ranger. Yeah. Oh my, they've changed the Black Rangers to a Ranger Noir. The Dark Grey Ranger.
0: The very, 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 very dark blue ranger.
1: The African American Ranger.
2: The Dark Navy Blue Ranger.
1: Again, back on the back on the race thing. What were they thinking when they made the Chinese person a Yellow Ranger?
0: I don't know, but that's that was a problem back in the nineties, really. Brian Cranston was in the original Power Rangers series, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. Factoid. Yeah. Factoid. Um, So moving away from uh, movie talk, Sam, what have you been up to? Um,
0: I've been getting hyped for the release of Uncharted for, um,
2: yeah, I've been getting WhatsApp messages from him, which (laughs) basically just count down. (laughs)
0: Um, at the time of recording, we are five days away, five days. Some people have obviously already got it, thanks to retailers conveniently forgetting what the, what the street date was for, um. Remind me
1: some of the difference between a
0: five and a ten. <laughs> uh, quite a lot, actually. It was more than that. It was they people were getting it on April the twenty fifth or something like that, or oh. um, which is the, which was the original release date. It was around then, and it was pushed back to May tenth. And obviously, some retailers hadn't noticed that. And. Including CEX, who, to be honest, will buy any old shit. <laughs> so. oh,
1: of course, they don't. I, I mean, if CEX had a company motto, it would be, don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, let's be completely honest. Even though they, they wouldn't take my
0: Wii off me. so Yeah, but that's a Wii, innit?
1: No one wants them.
0: <laughs> um, so I've been playing uh, the Uncharted Collection, which is an incredible piece of work. Um, I'm currently at the Chateau. On Uncharted Three, uh, yeah. so I've got five days left now to complete Uncharted Three, so I should get through it.
2: Basically, the chateau is basically just a giant structure of kindle kindling, basically because it's
0: it's incredible. Just like they basically build this level to then end up destroying it. It's you know it it is Holly it is you know Hollywood in a nutshell, creating massive expensive structures um, only to destroy them for the sake of um, spectacle, but the more but the interesting thing is that f- for ages uncharted two was my favorite and possibly even favorite game of all time, but since I started playing uncharted three that's starting to become my favorite
2: why is that though is that the game it's just the story?
0: games don't age well and like there are some things in uncharted 1 and uncharted 2 that you just look at and you go what was that why did i like that when i was you know younger like i i would just advise nobody to ever play any games like based on nostalgia cuz you're only ever going to be disappointed like of course like when you when you start uncharted 2 and like that incredible tutorial where you're climbing through the vertical train and then you then yeah. you're sneaking around a a where is it a, um, a museum in istanbul and it's got the worst stealth mechanics i've ever experienced in a game it took me about an hour to complete and it's it's just awful absolutely awful
2: i don't know i disagree like what why do you disagree like it's just it's, it's terrible in that we're talking about by the way we're talking about the hd version of it aren't yeah, we That's yeah yeah we're, we're talking about the remastered yeah. version and I felt that they 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 ironed out a lot of the kinks because I, I I agree in the original versions, of stealth was just well it wasn't really stealth to be honest. I don't know what would trigger the guards to look at me, and by that same token, I don't know how they didn't see me at some instances. But I think they yeah. kind of polished it for the HD remake. Really. I disagree. I
0: think I think Uncharted <laughs> Two, replaying it again, albeit for the third time, um, I think it shows a lot of a lot of flaws for what what it's trying to do I think it's quite unbalanced in terms of pacing and structure I think the the puzzles aren't as good as in three I think there's been a lot there was a lot of work in Uncharted 2 to make it a bit more about to make the puzzles more spectacular but no less more they're more spectacular but in terms of actually engaging your brain there's not a lot that you have to do Whereas in Uncharted 3, there's actually quite a lot of good sense gone into them.
2: Yeah, but the story in Uncharted 3 does some weird things I don't like. Like that sequence in, actually when they're in, um, is it, where is it? Is it Istanbul? I can't remember. No, not, it's not Istanbul. It is Syria, where Charlie goes around the corner. <laughs> they get split up randomly and they're literally a couple of meters away from him. And they don't hear him getting accosted. By um, one of the enemy know, characters. I'm not,
0: I'm not there yet. It's been. It's the only Uncharted Three is the only it's, one. It's I a bit weird. Replayed more than twice, so.
2: Oh, this is a kind of a weird Scooby Doo moment in Syria.
0: Um. But yeah. But it just it just reminded me how, when you replay a game, that you used to love, surrounded by the advances that we've made in video gaming, you're only ever going to get disappointed.
2: I I think there are still games I would go back to now, like even on the PlayStation, I'd still feel that whiff yeah, of nostalgia. Yeah, whiff of nostalgia,
0: and then, and then you go, why why did I ever ignore this? And think, yeah, that was great and wonderful. Like there's just bits in Uncharted 2 where all you're doing is climbing, and there's no context for it. There's no narrative reason for doing it, and it's clumsy and it's awkward. Oh, you need
2: you need to get somewhere,
0: <laughs> but. In Uncharted Three, there's a there's just a bit more nuance to it. Like the, the design of the levels and the climbing feels a lot less bombastic and. Um, do you
1: not? But do you not I think that like, the like in number three, think maybe Uncharted is a bit of a different? I I, like, I as someone who's never played the Uncharted an Uncharted game, right? Uh, I know, scorn on me. Uh, I'm someone who like
2: a typical Team Iron Man
1: yeah we're always you know what we were doing we were too busy playing the hd remake of devil may cry listening to heavy metal and slashing through bad guys which is my point because like i absolutely love devil may cry uh and i bought the heat hd remake on my xbox 360 um and i still occasionally plug my xbox 360 in to play that hd remake even though i'm not entirely sure what makes it a hd remake because i just love that game i don't and maybe it's because I don't. The story's all right, but I play Devil May Cry because I really like. I like to be challenged, but I'm not brave enough for Dark Souls. Uh, so you know, I can just play that game again. I can play Devil May Cry one and two, one and three, not two, never two, again and again and again, and I'm more than happy to do that. And I love that game, and have a great fondness for that game. And I think that like, is it because it's not a story-driven game that I'm not? I don't see the flaws in the mechanics i i will admit that if i play one and three back to back i noticed that three obviously was the later game and mechanics are more refined you can dodge you smoother you know like you, you there's more combat options and i do notice that but i also i also quite like the challenge of going back and playing a more simple game where i can't press circle just to dodge out of the way of everything you know like when i have to literally do that physically and i quite like Almost like when people play old Nintendo games, you know, because they used to be Nintendo hard. You know, you dead start at the beginning. Good luck, you know. Like, I I think there's something to be said for that. But is that because I really like the mechanics and I don't care about the story?
0: Probably, because, and that's not to say there's much wrong with the Uncharted stories per se. I just think that when you've got a game like Devil May Cry where it's mainly mechanically focused. Those games were already quite polished in a way from the outset, whereas I don't know if my problem is just with Uncharted, because Naughty Dog just tries so much in those games to push things and try new ideas and put things in, and just a lot of it doesn't work, and replaying it has made me realise how much of it actually doesn't hit, and... They throw so much stuff and try to build and build and build with each iteration of the series. And going back to it with with a nostalgic eye, but also an eye of, you know, I've played other games since, the, the more I've actually realised how much I was happy to ignore when I was playing well, them. But did you ignore it? You what, know, years what's ago. The,
1: what's
2: the furthest back you would go to play a game, Sam? What's the furthest back, like, in your gaming collection, what was the furthest back you would go to a gaming experience that you'd enjoy?
0: What do you mean? I don't understand. Like,
2: all the games you've played in your life, are you saying that, like, you can't really go back to them? You won't get, because nostalgia is just, basically nostalgia is essentially trying to um, recreate a, a kind of a past event that never really experienced, because a lot of it was just purely kind of, imagined in some respects yeah I mean um, yeah, like for example like I Spyro was one of my favourite games I know that inside out I mean I could go back to that and I know I'd enjoy it I would know I'd enjoy would it would you? I went back and I played would. Spyro recently and it was awful but then I played Crash Bandicoot and it really really took me out of it because it's so it's rock It's I find that game really hard <laughs> Like um, I, I don't know why we played it as kids because it is really difficult for me personally. I found it very difficult.
1: I was just about to say we've uh, we've recently at work got a PlayStation 2, and one of our uh, someone started playing the old Spyro um Enter the Dragon. He was like this is my favourite game as a kid, and he went CX and bought it. He started playing it. and He went this is awful. Why did I like this? And he couldn't get yeah. back into it. Even though he he's got so much fondness for it, he said it's just but, not how I remember it. Is how he said, and I was like, how interesting. I think, I think when it comes to
0: nostalgia, we're more affected by not essentially what we're playing, but the environment that we're yeah. playing it. I reckon we're more nostalgic for the fact that we used to have time. Yeah, you know, where you could just sit down with an evening. And, and play a game for four or five hours and no one would say, th- say but, anything. But
2: also, we were excited because we were playing something that was cutting edge, that was literally at the forefront of what gaming could be. And we now know that, obviously, it's not that case. I'm thinking, are there any games that we're playing now that we're going to get tired of? Like, that we're, we're going to say, oh, my word, this is so bad. I mean, current games, literally this year. Fallout.
1: <laughs> I will say this, as someone the other day, who was just like, I want to play want to play Until Dawn again. Uh, I know Sam will roll his eyes at how much I played Until Dawn, but I was just not play Until Dawn <laughs> yet, and I started playing it, and I was like, I absolutely love this game, and I was like, I did nothing different. I just played a, I just played an hour of Until Dawn, and I was like, I know. In six months, I'm going to be like, why did was I so into Until Dawn? It's
2: it's it's probably it's the same thing. Everybody's gone to the rapture. Yeah. Like.
1: Well, you, you mentioned you mentioned everyone's. Got, you mentioned everyone's gone to the Rapture, Chris. Well, enough, someone brought that up the other day. They said they really wanted to play um, everyone's gone to the Rapture, but they were unsure. Whether Which is they- now
2: on PC. Of
1: course. Um, but they were like, I'm unsure if I want to play it because I don't know if like, <laughs> it was really quite strange, actually. He was like, I really want a good game, but I'm worried it will live up to the expectation.
2: Uh, it's a, that's the it's a curse of hype, isn't it? I, really, but like,
1: and I, I, I was like, it's great, mate. It's really, really good. And he was like, and I was like, just you don't really do much, in it you just walk around. And he was like, oh, I know. And I, he's like, I just, it really, the idea of the game really excites me. It's just like, I just don't know whether I want to invest in it because, like, am I going to play it and be like, yeah, it was all right, but I don't know what everyone was on about.
0: I think you would if you played yeah, Firewatch. Do it in that older... But- Everyone's Gone to the Rapture is definitely far superior because you get out of it what you put into it. Really, I actually bought, still not finished Firewatch.
2: I actually bought the soundtrack. F- uh, yeah, I actually bought the soundtrack for um, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Actually, I own that by Let's Who did it. It's absolutely stunning. Like I've been listening it.
0: We we listened to that when we were uh, playing. What were we playing the other oh, weekend? Oh we were playing the Bur-
2: Burgle Brothers. Burgle Brothers? Perfect heist music. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. <laughs> Uh, We played, the uh, the music stories by Jessica Curry, absolutely fantastic. Um, We played The Duke, which is an absolutely amazing game.
0: Oh, The Duke's wonderful. You'd love it. And
2: we played uh, Sherlock Holmes, Consulting Detective. Whilst listening to
0: the Sherlock Holmes soundtrack.
2: Which was one of the greatest gaming experiences of my life, I would say. That was Sam, genuinely. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely.
1: Oh, speaking of uh, board gaming experiences, I played for the first, well... For the first time ever, the other night, mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. Wow, what was that oh, like? Wow, okay. It was I, I DM'd and it was incredible. Uh, I am hooked. We're playing again. Uh, we have we've got a there was a group at work the other day. Who were like uh, I was talking about Magic the Gathering, only enough, and Wizards of the Coast, and so on. Many always wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, and I said I've always wanted to DM a game of Dungeons and Dragons. So we began a hidden adventure in D and D the other day and it is easily the most fun i've ever had Put, uh, sat around a table rolling dice
0: so explain to me like how what how your dm role works because we can link we can link this into sherlock holmes a bit because essentially the the book that you get when you start a case with sherlock holmes is almost plays a role as a as an invisible DM, like
2: a, a false one. DM, DM meaning dungeon master. Yeah, dungeon
0: master. So, um, so were well, you? Did you have a book? Or, well,
1: uh... I, I bought the starter set um, from Traveling Man. Other roleplay stores are available. Um, and we played the fir- we played the first chapter of that campaign. Uh, about two minutes into the adventure, uh, one of my one of my uh, one of the adventurers' heroes, sorry on Mark he impaled himself on his own spear. Um, they burnt down the wagon that they were supposed to be taking to a village so that they can continue the adventure. They refused really? to enter the cave which they were supposed to go into. So there was an awful lot of me having to be like, so they burnt down the wagon. So I was like, right, well, how are they going to talk to this dwarf merchant? Right, I'll say that he was kidnapped by goblins, and I'll make them meet him in the cave that I know they're going to walk to. So they carried on walking down the road, and they were like, we see the cave, we don't go in. And I was like, you hear, you hear voices from the cave, and they are like, we don't go in, we carry on walking. So I then had to be like, King Throg of the Goblins comes and grabs, you, comes and takes you hostage, and drags you... Of course, it was a bit more like there was dice rolling going on. Uh, thankfully, they were the most incompetent bunch of dice rollers in my life who couldn't roll above one to save their lives. Um... So it, it worked out, but it was an awful. It, 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 it is it is chance, person. It is chance, but they weren't very good at chance. Uh, There's technique in it. I tell you what, That's I was playing
0: Monopoly with uh, my girlfriend's nan the other day, and she she could roll a double like like anything. Yeah, all in the rest. What's <laughs> in, wow. in the book though? What what do uh, you says, like, what do you have? Is it like a like? A series of paths like if they do no, this it goes this direction but, like a like a um choose your own adventure game or no the yeah, books like are like very much text.
1: like um okay here's the world here's where they here, like if you want to start them here you can and then it's like but remember the entire point of a dm is someone who can improvise think on their feet and be like and try and keep the adventure on course so if i was better prepared because they wanted to get to a castle um they saw a castle in the distance and they were like we go to the castle you know the adventure said go to the go to the village so i made sure that they um they ended up in the village while on route to the castle because when they got to the castle essentially it was like it's locked and they were like well, yeah. what do we do and i was like uh like in fact sorry no i wasn't that they wanted to go to the castle but because they burnt down the car earlier on the dwarf who they were supposed to meet in the village. I put him in the cave with the goblins, said he'd been kidnapped, put him in there, and then was like, he says, burnt down my cart, you're going to have to come with me to the village. To um, so sort of keep the adventure in the book, but at the same time, as, as far as I was concerned, it's only got from point A to point B. It didn't really matter, at the middle of the book, because I had options, so I could no. be like, goblins attack, or there's a dragon. You can't beat a dragon. I'd never said there's a dragon. I could have put massive roadblocks in people's way. If you know what I mean.
2: So you, could, I didn't realize it was that kind of fluid. I kind of assumed that you were almost like impartial, and you were literally just following the instructions, and and you couldn't necessarily steer the company towards well, a particular kind of goal. You I didn't can't.
1: To be quite, to be quite honest, a good DM. The, the problem is, Chris, that this was my first time DMing, so I.
2: I was about to say it's. So I jumping. was like,
1: okay, I'm the only one who's read the rules, so it makes sense that I DM. But it was like. I couldn't have, so they would come from the city of Neverwinter, which I only know from the game Neverwinter Nights. And if they'd have said, we turn around and walk back to Neverwinter, I would have had to have said something along the lines of, as you head back, um, you know, like your entrance is barred by a, a landslide. Just because I couldn't right now, because in the beginner's set, you're not given the tools to build that huge world yet. That comes with more advanced editions, but in a re but where you know if you've been DMing for years, they could have by all by all means have said we abandon the cart, and we go back to uh, to uh, Neverwinter, and then I would have had to have been like you are arriving Neverwinter, you know, like and you just have to constantly keep thinking on your feet as a DM. Uh, the Problem is, for what I understand from my online reading, that a lot of the time DMs want to tell a story. They want to. That's why you DM because you want to put these adventurers on a path, you know. If they don't want to play that way, they don't have to. Um, And, you know, if they got lucky with a couple Mm. of dice rolls, then all of a sudden you find yourself, like, you know, all of a sudden literally thinking on your feet. Like, in the end, my my band of rowdy adventurers ended up, they wanted to go to this castle, so I had to think of a reason how to get into the castle. And I decided that they'd have to trade a comb with a banshee and they were like, okay, where are we going to get a comb? And I was like, and they were like, is there a merchant about? And I was like, you're in the town. Look, you can look for the merchant. I'm not going to tell you if there's a merchant. And in the end, they burnt down the town. It was basically like playing with me um, in any <laughs> game. They burnt down the town. In fact, no, it's worse than that. They um, they met the merchant in the village who they'd already stolen a gold necklace earlier on, which had set up and the merchant told them he traded them two hundred gold coins for the for the gold necklace. Okay? They were like, Do you have any combs? And he was like, Yeah. It was like one gold piece. And he was like they were like, We'll kill the merchant. And I was like, Why do you kill the merchant? He's got he's got money on him. Kill the merchant. And they decided as a group, they killed the merchant. So they killed the merchant. And then the police arrived and they killed the police. And i was like <laughs> and then i was like oh shit and then, and then they were like we loot the gold so they took the gold so they had two, they had 600 gold pieces which what the merchant had on him and they were like uh we're, you we're rich no no they were like we find where the merchant lives no sorry we go to the merchant shop and i was like uh, you don't know where the merchant shop shop is and one of them went well i searched the merchant see for a clue of his address and they rolled a 20, which in my rules, in the house rules that I was told to play by our friend Ricardo, he was like, a 20 is always a dramatic success. Like, you know, it, it worked out really well for them. So they found the address. They went to the merchant's yeah. wife and daughter and she was like, we can sell you a comb. And they were like, we burn the house, we, t- we rob a comb and we burn the house down. And I was like... What? And then, my, and then, one of them was like, "I killed the, I killed the daughter." And they killed the daughter. They burnt down the house. Um, and then I was like, "The police arrived," and they kept rolling really well for every time the police arrived. And then they fled to to the bank Well, then they got caught by goblins. It was a long, it was a long process. But literally, I had to constantly keep thinking on my feet to try and arrange that. How does that play into Sherlock Holmes? Well,
0: it's a little bit it. It's similar, but me not and Sam, really, calls
2: the, me and Sam caused a great fire in London. Yeah,
0: <laughs> really. Yeah, we weren't in in Sherlock Holmes. You don't have as much license to do what you want in terms of breaking away from the story that you're given. But in a way, you are directed down certain pathways, and the cases that you have to solve are. They are the DM basically to your story, and that and that's what I really loved about it. So how it works is, you have a map of London, which is essentially uh, very very basic. It's got lots of um, houses and landmarks on it, on it, all of which are coded in a way. And then you have a telephone directory, and three newspapers and ten cases. So Chris and I picked the first case to do, which was something called the. Um, uh, the murder of the arms uh, dealer muni- the something. munitions, the munitions murder, or something like that. And so it starts with a typical, like DM, like sprawl. You know, you're walking through the streets of London at night, and then Sherlock comes up to you and tells you about this guy who's been killed, and gives you his whole backstory. And turns out that this this munitions magnet has been killed, and he just passed up someone to promotion. Uh, He's found out to have an affair. So basically it gives you all the things you need to start your investigation off in terms of leads that you go down. Mm. And then you're pretty much free to do whatever you want in the city of London, which is brilliant. You've got a list on the back of the instruction booklet, which is like a list of allies. So the coroner, the newspaper, the cops. You can even go and visit Sherlock Holmes if you want help with each case. And basically what you do is you look through the telephone directory for people that will send you to a location on the map and then in the book that location will have a paragraph associated to it or a a small description of what you find there so in a way it's kind of that's why it reminds me of DMing in that way it's like everything you encounter there's a description for it or another path that it leads you down And so it was incredible. Like, we, you know, we went to go and visit the... And you immediately snap into this investigative way of working. Like, we went to the crime scene first and the DM, the book, it's kind of like it's a dark night in London and there's mist on the water and you you walk across the crime scene and you're given all this thing and then we're just like, well, first we'll go and see the wife and see if she has anything to say. So you hop foot it across London and you're knocking on the door of the wife and she doesn't want to see us. And we're just like, well, where do we go next? And like, oh, shall we? I can't remember where we went to next. I think we went to his business place to speak yeah, to we went someone. to his secretary, his kind Yeah, we of went to go and see his secretary because we wanted to find out about, you know, the promotion, how was he in his final days. And then there's all these sprawling threads. Like the, my favourite moment was... Chris was just thinking, like Chris was doing the note-taking and I was pacing around the room like Sherlock Holmes nice. and I was just reading the paper and <laughs> when we went to go and see his secretary, he, made, uh, he said oh, one of the last things he said to me was about this affair that he was having and he made this comment about um, some girls um, marry for money and not for love and then he laughed and we thought nothing of it at the time and then I opened up the newspaper and noticed that this um, this Dutch woman was in town who'd only just married her Duke husband five months ago, and they were like 30 years spread. And I was like, Chris, Chris,
2: this is the woman, this is the woman. So we were just like, all right, drop everything, like go and see her, go and find her. And yeah, like, watching Sam come out of his mind palace was incredible.
0: <laughs> but like, you just you just look at, the, you just read this paper and she's and just looking at innocuous stuff that's happening and... The threads and the, the the different pathways that you go. We got to a point where we thought we could solve the crime, but there were about ten or twenty other leads that we could have that gone. we could have gone down, and and we we kind of had to. After three hours, we had to stop ourselves from investigating. Um, Is
1: this
0: a two-player game? It's no. Up, to, it's you can play it solitaire. You can play it up to eight people, really, as many people as you want. And the it great thing. Incredible. The great thing about it as well is I took it away on holiday with me. Um uh with me, my girlfriend and her family. And we didn't actually do it at the time. We might do it again the other day, or I could do it with another people, another person. Is another that- people. And <laughs> I could do it with another people. Um is that Sorry. if if you've done the if you've done the mission before, you could then essentially enhance it and actually be like a DM because The way that the missions are written is that you are actually a member of um, Sherlock Holmes' core and you're going around with this other fictional character and it's a little bit kind of whimsical and jolly and all that kind of stuff. But now that I know the case, I thought I could turn this into a murder mystery evening quite easily. Yeah, Like gather people around and create a scenario for them that they're walking through London and they find this person killed and for some reason they're put on the task of investigating because i know the murder and the way it goes i can like you being dm tom i can send them on that journey around london investigating things and discovering things so i think it's it's just an incredible game
2: i think i think what's what's exciting about the game is that it it's unbreakable like, once you yeah. know that, you feel, like you feel that such freedom. I honestly, genuinely, there is a, there, it follows a logic. Like, that procedural drama, we felt like we were taking part in it. That's, I took eight pages of notes with diagrams based yeah. on the descriptions we encountered. And it all, and it all adds up. It all works.
1: Well, that's, what's, that's, the down, that's both the positive and the downfall of Dungeons & Dragons, which I was, I was very quick to, to notice, is that. So, for you, it's like, you're on the street. You know exactly what's on that street. For me, it was very much like, well, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Shit.
0: You've got to deal with a lot more um, agents, And there were
1: moments where and there was, a, there was, you know, there's a fluidity which leads to far more, you know, like drama almost. But at the same time, you're also like sometimes by the seat of your pants. And I think as well, it leads to, or does lead to more like flexible game, a more flexible game if I knew exactly what was happening, I would have felt a lot more comfortable because at times I was just like, well, I'll just railroad them. I'll just be like, you get kidnapped by goblins. You know, and like, that's not fun, if they the same. Yeah, I'm sure that
0: those kind of, but you, I'm sure that the more you DM though, the more you'll be able to manipulate those kind of situations to avoid that railroading. Um, Because the way that, oh yeah, the way that it's done in Sherlock Holmes, Consulting Detective, because there isn't that imaginative end the DMing it's just a solid book sometimes you'll just go and see people and they'll be like they shut the door in your face and it's just like well that well that's yeah. just you know a closed part of that yeah you've got to kind of you've yeah. got to kind of take things as face value you will if you go somewhere like we thought that the one of the suspects to be the murderer was the husband of this of this wife who we knew that the magnet was having an affair with but when we went to go and visit him, there was nothing, um, you know, there was nothing written there in terms of what the the book was saying that led us to believe that he was a murderer. So you just you've got to take that on face value, which actually makes the game a bit easy to play because you kind of it's a very logical way of thinking about it. So you do kind of look at it through Sherlock Holmes's eyes rather than going, oh, he's hiding something. You know, he's not hiding anything. But then. The only thing the game does do is make you realise Sherlock Holmes is a dick. (laughs) Because we... Because obviously, because it's a board game, there's a slight gamification of it. So when you you think you're ready to solve the murder, at the back you have four questions and then four supplementary questions and the big four questions you get 25 points each for answering, answering and then you get 10 points each for the supplementary questions based on, you know, investigating that you've done around London for every
1: can you look at those questions before
0: you can do but the manual suggests that you don't
1: yeah I was going to say otherwise it would be a little bit it feels like cheating
0: because what happened with us was we read the instructions and the instructions are they're a little bit badly written written and there are actually some typos in in the manuals and some of the books actually which is a bit of a shame but the game's so good you can kind of overlook it there's a bit which it says like some of the pictures um it says the black and white pictures are just used for decoration and have nothing to do with the story and we laughed at that to start with so accidentally i just ignored all the pictures in it and then when it came to the questions one of the questions was what the, what was the significance of this note found on the on the munitions magnet and we were like we completely ignored it because i just thought that was well, that, well, that's de- not you decoration.
1: thinking that's you being told by the instructions they mean yeah. nothing
0: yeah. But well, because it wasn't a black and white picture, it was a colour one, but I mm-hmm. but so we went we went back and did some more investigating, but really yeah, only shored up, you know, what we were already thinking. So then that's how the point system works, and then for each location that you visited, you deduct five points off your score. So the less leads you take to get to the solution, the better you are, for example. Right. We did it in fifteen. Leeds, I think we went to fifteen locations or something like that, Chris. Uh, the eight the
2: notes. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like this is my work notebook, so I've got like student assessment things, but I've also got like Captain Egan, Beatrice Allen, all these Victorian names. <laughs> Lord Ragland. Lord Ragland of and a crude drawing of a crime scene. Um, yeah, say? we got a t- we got twenty points in total. So we did it in I think we did it in six locations, Sam.
0: Oh, wow. Six? No, we did Bloody hell, guys. Six. It was like 15. Because you've got to think, we got all the questions right, which was 100. Oh, no, these are question numbers, sorry. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know how many locations so we, we went to. We, I think we must have gone to about 15 locations, because we got all the main questions right, and then we've ended up with 20 points, so we were deducted a lot for visiting a lot around London. Sherlock Holmes rocks up and goes, I did it in four.
2: Yeah, but and we did just, it in three hours, Sam.
0: That's the thing. Like, that—that that was my main problem with the game. Is that it doesn't reward actually being an investigator. And like, for me, the joy was imagining that we were racing around London, going to all these
2: different locations. If you were and
1: listening. Going to a. If you're listening to the Sherlock music as well, that really peppy. Ba-da-dum, yeah. ba-da-dum, that's definitely yeah. not the Sherlock music. But you know. Very what I
2: mean. jaunty. <laughs> Very jaunty. <laughs> but that—but that was the thing. Like, I felt a bit
1: let
0: down by the fact that like Sherlock just rocks up and gone. Yeah, but I found this within the first 10 minutes, and you, since then I've just been sitting back and but you, chilling out. You're never going
1: to beat Sherlock. Sure, that's the point of the game.
2: Do you want to talk about the Duke? The Duke, Sam, because that was a really good game. P, have you heard about the Duke? The Duke. I think you'd love this game, too. No. The,
0: the, the game that um, I found impossible to encourage people to play while I was away on holiday, because so just like, oh, what's the Duke? This looks interesting. And I was like, oh, it's an exciting version of chess. <laughs> Chess. Uh, all right, ah. can we can we not can we not just play Odin's ravens or solitaire instead? Can um, can we play solitaire?
2: Basically... Yeah,
1: that's how. I, that's yeah, how. I really want to play a game with you, but I'm going to go play solitaire by myself
0: because <laughs> he wants to play exciting chess, whatever the fuck that is. Um, the duke is um, basically is it's a version of chess, really, because you play on a on a grid shaped board, and when you When you go to a square which is occupied by one of your opponents, you take their piece. The twist is that, like chess, each opponent has their own. Sir,
1: please never describe it. The the twist, like chess, (laughs) because that's not a twist, that's just chess.
0: Well, okay. Like chess, okay, like chess, uh, each piece that you have um, has its own unique movement pattern. But every time you move a piece, you have to flip it over. And on the reverse side of each piece is its separate moving pattern, if that makes sense. So, for example, the duke on its starting movement can move up and down. But once you move it up, you flip it over and it can only move left and right. So, essentially, you're always playing this juggling game of, right, I want to take that piece, but I've got to put myself in a position when I change how this piece moves...
1: Dare I say? That, so obviously, three-dimensional chess is a thing. Yeah. Um, but loses Um This is four-dimensional chess because time is a is the factor in it that you have to think about. If I move that, he's gonna because you've moved. Yeah, you know, that's gonna become this yeah. piece, and so you're playing four-dimensional chess. That sounds incredible.
2: So 4D cinema with like smoke and light effects and water and, and gets the thing, sprayed.
0: And the thing that complicates it even further is that you draw you draw tiles at random. So you don't know oh. what you you have a initial setup on the board, which is Duke and two footmen, and then you have a bag which you can't see the tiles that are in it. So you pulling you're pulling a tile out at random and putting it on the board whenever you, whenever you decide to do that. So you don't know actually what's going to be changing the game from then on in.
1: I guess so. It's 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 yeah. It's it's still it's four damage. That sounds absolutely incredible. And there's brilliant games. Where can you buy this game? Sir? You can buy it on Amazon, the only
0: internet retailer anywhere. And um, there's also variations of it where you can play capture the flag, and you can put mountains and terrain on the board. There's even a dragon that you can put on the board that affects play if you get too close to it, and things like that. And you can even buy blank tiles and make your own. They give you two blank tiles and like two sheets of movement stickers, so you can design your own your own pieces. Um, it's cre- it's great. I love the juke.
1: The I win piece,
0: I win. <laughs> that's that's what um, that's what me and uh, a friend of mine said. Wouldn't it be brilliant if you just like get one and it can move anywhere on the board at any just, time. Just a, just a black square
2: <laughs> <laughs> fills like a, a Malovich painting.
0: God,
2: um, Sam, I owe you a birthday present. Like I was originally, you know, I've been You're waiting. I've been, I've been looking facts. up for a good game to get Sam, like a two-player game. I think I may have found one for you, Sam. A two-player game. Have you?
0: Yeah, okay. go on. What's it called? I, I, I want to check
2: it. I only want to get you a game that you're going to like. So I, I prefer if you could look it up and see what you think of it before okay. I see, you say yes. Well, well the, tell the me game now. is the, the game is called Raptor.
0: Raptor. How are you spelling Raptor? Do You play as Chris Pratt. <laughs> How are you spelling Raptor?
2: R A P T O R.
0: Oh, I like the Velociraptor.
2: Yeah, like the Velociraptor.
1: Well, oh. while Sam investigates that, I want to. Oh. I, I have a game that I want to play. So. You know, um, you know yeah, Chris, and Sam especially, you know my my, my love of hypotheticals? Yep. Would you, would you take an X amount of money for Y? Yeah. Um, there's a game coming out called Million Dollars But that I saw the other day. And it's literally a game that we've been playing for, for the last couple of, well, since you've known me. For free? Um, yeah, for free. That you can now pay for and i'm really i'm really interested in how that's going to work as a game like i imagine that the idea, like because if it is the idea to score money because if it is shall you just accept everything or or is it like i've not i've not heard all i've heard is from beta testers that's really fun interesting um, i've not heard of this but i might i imagine it's going to play like cards against humanity so that like People make pictures to a dealer, so a dealer says, "I will give you a million dollars, but you have to make me laugh." That's the only way I can see it working. Yeah. Mm. But um, I'm pretty sure once it comes out, I'm gonna play it. Uh, which, and when I say play it, I mean play it with you guys, obviously.
0: There's another game that I think that you would like the sound of as well, personal, which is called Billionaire Banshee, and it's a bit again, it's similar to Super Fight and. Um, Cards Against Humanity where basically it's like it's like a a dating discussion game where you'll get two cards which have like juxtaposition like versions of a woman or someone that you want to date with so it's like um beautiful woman but will only ever wear a bear costume to bed like do you can, can you go out with this person are like two contrasting like um uh styles or a, a personality quirk which may or may not you know um, like, you know, um, uh, she's a model, but only regurgitates fully formed hamburgers um, constantly. Well, that sounds incredible. Like, she's like... a burger fan. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's been a lot. Of, there's been a huge sort of rise about those games, which is essentially like games that you play with friends, but packaged up and yeah. sold onto you exactly. again. So you What's don't Sam? have to think of things.
1: But <laughs> Sam, what is Raptor?
0: Uh, Raptor. Mama Raptor has escaped from her run and laid her eggs in the park. A team of scientists must neutralise her and capture the baby raptors before they run riled in the forest. Jesus Christ, Chris, it's a game of euthanasia. Jeez. Raptor is a card-driven board game with tactical play and some double-guessing. Players use their cards to move their pawns on the, other, on the board. Every round, the player who played the lowest-ranked card can use a corresponding action. While his opponent has movement attack points equal to the difference between the two card values. The scientist can use fire, can move by jeep on the tracks and can even call for reinforcements. While the Raptor can hide in the bushes, yell to frighten the scientists and call for her babies. Chris? Yeah? I want you to get this game for me only so I can do one thing. And this one thing would be And I do it every time that we ended up playing it. So say I was a scientist and you were the raptor, Mm. you're one movement away from beating me and I can just go Clever girl (laughs) (laughs) And the and the game's value
2: Just trebles. (laughs) Just trebles. Um, And and that's good nostalgia. Uh, P, one game me and Sam did play was uh, we played Burgle Brothers. At long last, the game I talked about, oh, ages ago, I managed to get playing it. Um, me and Sam robbed you robbed the bank.
0: bank. We did. Well, we we robbed three safes. And the best thing about Burgle Brothers is you don't know what you're robbing until you rob it. So
1: <laughs> Sam, why is it whenever you mention robbing you go more southern? You don't know what you're robbing. <laughs> you don't know what you know robbing a, you're know robbing until you rob it. Fa- I know for a fact you'd say, you don't know what you're robbing. Not robbing. You don't know what you're robbing.
0: <laughs> hey, I've just read Death and the Family. Let me off. Um, oh, all right. um Keep it light.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, everyone's favourite comic book story. Can I just say, the Joker Death in the made, Family the, the, is the most is a, awful comic book ever. Yeah, it is. It's,
0: for what is. it's terrible. For what is quite a momentous point in Batman's canon... It is awful.
1: <laughs> oh, it's more than awful, Sam. It's, it's it's absolutely terrible. Not only does the Joker become the ambassador to Iran. Lebanon. Le- sorry, the Lebanon. Sorry, that makes me far yeah. better. Um, not only that, the entire death of Robin was decided by a phone vote, yeah. which someone admitted afterwards. They cheated on. Brilliant. So, great. Excellent.
0: My my favourite bit of that is when they show you the panel that would have been included if if uh, Robin was saved, and basically just Batman just bundles him in the back of a lorry.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the back of the lorry.
0: (laughs) He's alive.
2: Well, the last time we spoke, we were talking about the kind of the dubious ways in which Bruce has managed to convince um, Dick Grayson to be, or any of his Robins to kind of join him in his fight against crime. Remember, he is the goddamn Batman. Yeah,
0: he is. But the most the most interesting point about Death and Family, and I don't know if it's maybe just the the version that I bought through Comicsology, but after it, it comes with a six part story of um, uh, um, Tim Drake becoming. Um, but Tim Robin. Drake is the best.
1: Tim, but Tim Drake's the best thing to happen to Batman in a very long Yeah, but
0: time. it's. But for like, me, what's more interesting is the fact that here's a man who's obsessed with. You know the notion of Batman and Robin, and Batman's in a place where he can't handle—he—he he wouldn't dare put anyone else at risk. So that's just really interesting. I've just, I just—I just found that really interesting. But you know, it—it's a whole point of Batman needs the Robin. You know, yin mm. needs yang. No. So, Burgle Brothers, Burgle Brothers. You don't know what you're robbing till you're Robin.
2: <laughs> Picture this, Tom. Get you've got—you've you got, got—you've got three floors of a bank
0: smooth
2: picture this time you've got three floors of a bank uh, it's, it's, it, it's a grid of four by four and um, little wooden blocks that denote the difference from rooms. so you, you can't walk there's some you can't walk to certain tiles because there's a wall in the way you emerge each, each floor's got a guard on it and after every, at the end of your go your guard moves and you don't know where he's going until you flip over his destination card and you get a sense of where he's going. It's like Metal Gear Solid, so you know where this guy is going to. So you know when you...
1: I was going to say, so is it like Metal Gear Solid? Ball
2: game, yeah. So like... So...
1: No, sorry, but in Metal Gear Solid you just hide until you know the guard's path yeah. and then you just run past Yeah,
2: him. but his path changes every go. Once he gets to the end of his destination, ne- he gets a new destination. So you can predict it to some senses, but not all the time. Ah. So we were caught out a few times. But then we each have specialist skills. Like Sam was a safe cracker. Oh, and yeah. I was. What was I? Was I the? what
0: was I the... uh, You. You
2: could see through walls. Oh, that was it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. So we've got fingers Turner, uh, Kryptonian Chris. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and the fact that my name begins with a K right. makes the alliteration even more clearer, which I quite like.
0: Well, I loved it because, so, yes. like, I I really role played it, it at yeah. the
2: start because basically
0: you've got like. Um, four actions which you can do at the start. Like you can either look into a room and then go into it for two actions, or you can really be really gung ho and just like go into a room. And some rooms obviously they set off alarms when you're going into them. And I was playing like this. I was role playing. I was like the 60 year old grizzled safe hacker. This this is my last job, and I was just like jumping into rooms and like wandering around, and yeah, it was brilliant. Like, and, but but the thing like Ant Man. <laughs> Did you
1: just <laughs> the describe? Myself as I was playing a grizzled sixty-year-old in his last job, so I was thinking. So he played it safe, jumping into rooms. <laughs>
0: right, he's he's lithe. He's he's well for his uh. For his 60 he's, years He's too well for his age. But the thing the thing that I loved about Burgle Brothers is that you've got all this tension around. Oh, right, the guard's going to move there, so I've got to make sure that I'm going to be here, and I don't want to set off that alarm. But we've got to get to the safe, and then you've got to roll dice to unlock the safe, and then you open it, and it's just like. What's inside the safe? Oh, a chihuahua. And a tiara. And a tiara. (laughs) And I can't remember the third thing that that we got. His
2: last job. Is
0: it a painting? So so exactly like this guy's last job. He picks up this chihuahua on the first floor. And the chihuahua suddenly gets his own movement patterns and it can escape and set off alarms. And the tiara, you're wearing it so then guards can see you down corridors and things like that. It's just utterly bizarre. It's just... I just love this idea of you don't know what
2: you rob robbing you're robbing. You're robbing. <laughs> and this idea that it's, it is like a bag of revels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes you might get coffee, sometimes you might get orange. But, like, when, so, I just picture the idea of this safe cracker on his last case walking around with one chihuahua and a tiara. <laughs> trying to keep day. this chihuahua quiet.
1: I'm doing it for my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> She's dying. She's got the, 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 the sickness, the black lung. <laughs>
0: Can I end on one final point? Thanks. Okay. So it was the Queen's birthday not too long ago, and the Queen was ninety. On two separate occasions from two people, I've heard the same story involving the Queen, and I'd like to think it's true.
2: Right. Do, do you want Is this? It? Do you want this story substantiated by I, me and I
0: Tom? I want. Then? I want you to. I want you to question the validity of whether this could actually happen, okay? So, right. this story is apparently been told to someone that I know who knew someone in the Navy, and also someone who we both know who used to be in the Air Force. Who
1: could that be? And it's
0: Who could that be? Um, I don't know, listener. The, st- the story is, is that on an official visit to either of these locations,
1: oh, the you lads say, sorry, for Before you, you saying, can we guess what the Queen did?
0: That's that's a game show. Okay, all right. Okay, can I? I'll give you. I'll give you the context. So the Queen comes to visit. Yep. Either the Navy or the Air Force. It happens. <laughs> either to both or just to one, and it's, you know, as were legend the, has the, gone on. Were, the,
2: were there planes nearby or boats, sir?
0: So? <laughs> no yeah, one knows. That's, that's the twist. And, and basically, something was done while she was there, which, if it's true, could be very embarrassing for the Queen.
1: Chris, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first?
2: You go first, Tom. still mulling it over.
1: Okay, I'm going to say that the Queen did what we've all done, She's had one too many the night before. She came to work and she was a little bit sick on her dress. sick
2: sick in the crown?
1: Yeah, she was just like. I don't know. You know, it wasn't like a full vomit, but it was a little bit of a dribble and it went down a dress and then she I shook the hand. Say Sam.
2: I want to say, Sam, she went. She was using a portal loo and it was pushed over.
1: That no,
0: or she farted. Okay, Chris is. Genuinely the closest. Right. The story goes... She went for a shit. It's <laughs> Again, you're getting closer.
2: Oh, my God, is we're the, getting warmer.
0: Oh, imagine smelling the, the Queen's poo. You're getting closer. It, <laughs> a, it's a bit like is. the Queen's
2: nose, that kid series we watched.
0: Robin, freezes is, is, time. Is that <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: uh, the Queen, upon upon knowing that she was coming to visit the facility is that they rigged the toilet in such a way that they were able to trap any fecal matter produced by said Royal Highness, which they did. Trap. And above... It's and, and gone rogue. And the story is, the legend is, above the bar in either the naval or Air Force mess in a clear Perspex container is the Queen's
1: shit. It's
2: a good name for a pub. The Queen's
1: shit.
2: Fancy a pint at the Queen's shed. Yeah,
1: Where are we going tonight? So, uh,
2: go for a swift well, off. I
1: do. Hang on. I think I've heard before the story that they trapped the Queen's turds. Uh, yeah. Hang on. I mean, trapped. Gonna... It sounds like they've got like they've got their own <laughs> mind. Wait. <for laughs> it. Have, you, have you, it? you ever played? Have you
0: ever played Splat the Rat at the fair? <laughs> or just like a chair and a whip. Get in <laughs> yeah. here. Are you validity validating, Hang on. validating If you Google this, uh... it,
1: you get, once again, the aforementioned daily mail. So I'm going to check if there's anything special about the <laughs> Queen's bar oh <laughs> Genuinely, fun fact, oh about, fun fact about going They're to into the... For a, for a number two. Uh, before an interview, if I'm feeling nervous, again, didn't do this for Chris Hewitt, um, <laughs> I like to think that everyone... Don't. <laughs> and it just humanises people. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, can't God. follow that logic Tom it, it's um, very I, true though it's, just, it's, just make, it's very it just, true <laughs>
1: make grounds people
2: <laughs> the, the degrees of truth and this one is very true but also like isn't it, isn't it true that the Queen has to take, they take her own toilet seat with her like she has her own toilet seat that no. they take yeah I heard that What you, you, you debunk that but you're willing to believe <laughs> when I, they managed when to I... decant her fecal matter
0: when I was in New York they have those little disposable toilet seats that you're meant to put on. And I wasn't so quite sure how to, to. how
2: to use it. What, what so you got it, it on and... sideways or something?
0: <laughs> well, I just, it's novelty. I've never been yeah, there an, before. And an alarm's
2: not going to go off if you don't do it.
0: <laughs> and so I wanted to, I wanted to put it on. I couldn't quite get it to fit. So I ended up just like filling the toilet with all these disposable toilet Incredible. seat covers. Well,
1: so what you did was, uh, it's a novel novelty. I'll break the toilet. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, yeah. I can't find any information about the trapping the queen's oh, okay. poo's to you know in case people want to clone it from, from her or a on that. <laughs> Fun fact: there's no DNA in poo. Um, there we go. Now we know. Uh, I feel that yeah. that's an opportune time to end the podcast.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Wonderful. Yeah, let, let,
2: let's decant it in the same way. Let's just now what? kind of almost are we, gonna, are we, are we gonna bron- in the box? Are
1: we going to bronze this chat and you know like put it above a bar? York. Also, that also that's a good that's a good name for a pub as well, awkward
0: chat. That was Staying In with myself, Sam Turner, Tom Percival, and Dr. Chris Darby. If you want to know more, you can either follow me at Mr. Sam Turner, or you can follow at Staying In Pod. I'm off to play more of the incredible delectable Uncharted for boy that game is very 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 good if you're around for the next podcast no doubt I'll be gushing verbal praise upon that game of the year it's gotta be anyway enough from me leave us a review rate us on iTunes do whatever you want really this has been staying in ta